Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. Michael and I will share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael or myself or forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, your co-hosts, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. Hi, and welcome to the show. Today is Tuesday, May the 3rd, 2016. And our call-in number is 646 200 4169, press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. We would love to hear your comments and your questions, because that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, dear heart. May the third already. Oh, my goodness. Time flies. We're going to be back at Heartland starting uh, Food Fund Forgiveness and Work on uh, August the 1st. So we're not, uh, not long for Florida, and we're going to be on the road again. In the meantime, we're honored that you're here to share this space with us and uh, to uh, carry on our conversation about first century Aramaic forgiveness and to bring forward the the understanding in real terms of what it means to forgive and in particular how it's done. I can remember how I spent years. When I started to understand that forgiveness was a key, I'd say to these people telling me and teaching about it, well, that's great. How do you forgive? And they'd say, well, well, you know, you just forgive. It's like, well, no, I don't know. That's why I'm asking. How do you do it? I couldn't find anybody that knew. Years of search. Before I found out that in the Aramaic language, the word forgive means shebag, or pardon me, the word forgive, the word's been translated as forgive is shebag, and it means to cancel. And of course, the question becomes, what do I cancel? Do I cancel you? Do I cancel me? That's murder and suicide. I don't think that'll work. But understanding that because our minds construct the world we see, literally our perceptual constructs are not pictures of what's going on out in the world. They're our brain's interpretation of what's going on out in the world based on the information that comes in through our senses, which are one-way senses, and at the same time resonate in us whatever matches what's going on in the world. The result is perception, a construct of our minds that shows us not necessarily anything accurate about what's going on in our world, but always accurately showing us what's going on inside of us. If there's disturbance, if there's pain, or there's turmoil or upset in our perception, that says only one thing. It says there's some form of disturbance or upset in the content of your mind. The perceptual construct comes from content resonated by events. It doesn't come from events, but most people want to delete the content part and just think they're looking at the events in the world and they're upset by the events in the world, that they have nothing to do with their upset, which leaves them in a great deal of trauma. I uh, recently saw a uh, an ad for a video based on a book that I read when, I don't know, very early in my teen years and was very struck by this book, very powerfully impacted by this book. 
and it's called Lost Horizon. So I ordered this video, and last night Jeannie and I watched it, and it's interesting. The film in its original version came out in 19, I believe it was 1937, right about the time that the war clouds were gathering and, you know, the warmongers were hoping to get people involved in that game and spend billions and kill people. So it's interesting that this film, which very much promotes the idea or puts forward the idea of living life as love, as a human being, and apparently was very widely circulated among the armed forces at that time. Interestingly enough, and I'm still researching, we just watched this film last night and started to look at some of the dynamics of it, but it's interesting, after the initial release came out and it became very popular in the armed forces, the uh, film makers were forced to edit out 25 minutes of the film. And they were the 25 minutes that spoke about or pointed to the truth of human life, that we are made as love and designed to live in this space of love and gentleness. And so I found that interesting that that, was forced to be cut out. I still don't have the story as to who forced it to happen or, you know, how all that game happened. I'm just, I've just been looking into that. But anyway, it's a very powerful look. It is available on Amazon. I think it's an $8 film. You can get more expensive versions, but an $8 film that's really worth watching. And uh, it's, it's set in China at the uh, beginning of the film uh, when the Chinese are invading some areas where there are uh, Westerners. And this, fellow who's a famous war kind of not hero but uh, um, high government official uh, looked at as you know solid as a rock he's gonna stand for the empire kind of guy and um, they end up being kidnapped uh, a number of people and they end up in this Shangri-La this lost horizon this place in the Tibetan mountains and they're treated royally. And it's, it's really interesting as you watch the film and, and very much like people who first become involved in the work, the fellow who's the hero of the, of the film is very, and I'll, I promise I'll keep the, uh, the spoilers to a minimum, <laughs> but, uh, he's the, 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 um, I'm not even sure how to describe him in terms of the way the world saw him. He's a very famous man. And he is uh, hes struck by the way they're treated with respect and gentleness and taking care of. His brother, on the opposite, is just a raging maniac, you know, and, and much like many people who get involved in the work, you know, here are two people of the same genetic structure, the same family. One of them takes to the work like a duck to water. And the other one is just in such rage. And of course, blaming his rage on everybody else and can't wait to get away from this idyllic setting. The, uh, the teaching that was presented in the original book, which was how I contacted it way back when I was a teenager, uh, very much impacted me and watching it in the film last night was very powerful to just see the the love, the respect, the gentleness that it came across with in a world that was pretty insane. So if you get a chance, pick up the, the, the film, watch, watch it, uh, Lost Horizon. And, uh, and, and watch the responses. There, there are people in the film who, you know, they've been kidnapped and they're in this, you know, Tibetan, uh, idyllic setting and you know you see one person who's the crazy man you know this is wrong there's something wrong with them and then there's a fellow who's also in resistance and he can't stand it but after a short period of time he goes hey this isn't so bad and starts to make a contribution to uh to the process anyway it's, it's all very powerful and shows all kinds of different ego states and how they respond to a space that is only about nurturing and support and caring and love. And it's, it kind of very much reminded me of an intensive and sometimes the responses that we see when people come to an intensive ready or perhaps not so ready to do some deep work. And then when things get triggered, 
how some people are like, oh, okay, I can let go of this. I can move with this. And some people are in their resistance and their ego states and their rage and their pain. And like, you know, I'm going to hang out with this forever. Don't bother me with the truth. Don't bother me with the presence of love. I like my drama and trauma. I like to gossip about people. I like to tell stories and make up things about other people. I like to keep my trauma going. Anyway, it's pretty interesting to uh, to watch the different responses that uh, that the people in this film have and how how it corresponds to the work. So if you get a chance to uh, to pick up the film Lost Horizon or or the book, uh, is also available on Amazon. And uh, powerful read, powerful read. I actually ordered the book last night, too, so that I can go back and read it again. It's been a few decades, a few times around the sun since I've read the original uh, version, so just ordered that as well. In the meantime, we're honored that you're here. Uh, We we have confirmed that we'll uh, we'll start to make Mondays, Miracle Mondays. So our our focal point on Mondays is going to be A Course in Miracles and, of course, Wednesday is uh, Recovery Wednesday, where we look at recovering from the insanity world and functioning as true human beings. If you hold a newborn child, you get to look at what a human being is. You get a direct experience of the awesome active presence of love that is human life. And as we recognize that state of being, how do you recover that? How do you go back to getting that? And in particular, tying in together with the uh, the tools of the 12-step programs and some of the uh, new technology that's being used. Uh, Dr. Andraki, I'm hoping he'll share with us tomorrow a little more about what he's doing in his clinic. You know, it's interesting. In uh, all the years of doing this work, I hear from people who, wow, this has changed my life. This has changed my Wow, this has made such a difference in my life. Thank you, Michael. This is so awesome. What a difference it's made in my life. But uh, it's interesting over the last... 45 plus years of doing this work, almost 50 years of doing this work. I've never had anyone who's picked up the work and had several people who contacted me after working with that individual saying, not this changed my life, but this saved my life. And it's interesting out of what Dr. Andraki is doing out in uh, Pahrump, Nevada. I've had at least a half dozen people who've contacted me over the last two years or so saying, Thank you for the work you're doing, and having worked with Dr. Andraki has literally saved my life. So so we'll be talking about Recovery Wednesdays tomorrow. And in the meantime, we're honored uh, to be sharing this space with you. And let's say hello to Dr. Tim. We didn't get to even say a word with you yesterday, Dr. Tim. How are you, sir? I'm doing quite well, thank you. Awesome. It was a, a Anything full show to yesterday. Share from yesterday. It was a full show yesterday. Yep, we we definitely uh, could have continued. There were more hands up in the phone queue. Well, hopefully they'll call back and we'll give them some airtime. It's uh, yes, always good to hear from people and get their questions and or concerns in the air. And and as we, you know, we I didn't participate in the show on Friday. We had a group on Thursday night, which was charming, four people plus me, and as usual, a very lively conversation and people digging deep into the questions about how can I use this to shift something I'm holding on to, and that thing I'm holding on to that's less than love. So it was it was very, very nice, and um, uh, again, I'm, I'm just blessed to have the, the loving and the quality of people that participate in both the Tuesday and Thursday groups. So, and then uh, I was just listening yesterday, and still have uh, have to go back and crank out Friday's show. And um, but I I did a um, a presentation at the Unity Rockford on Sunday during their service, and uh, your ears were probably ringing because once again I was talking about. Michael Rice work and <clears throat> the idea of looking at the worst of the worst things that happened to me as long as they were more than five years or more in the past every single one of them I can see is directly or indirectly connected to some of the best things in my life today and if that's the case then why am I getting so bent out of shape when things 
don't go the way I want them to. And why do I label the events in my life as negative when history tells me they're going to turn out to lead to some of the best things in my life? So, so that was part of the presentation on Sunday. And, um, and that catches us up to today where it's, uh, um, looking forward to another support group tonight in Woodstock, Illinois. And I had a couple more people try and contact me today and they want to see me because somebody's talked to them about the work I do in therapy, but they don't have insurance and they can't afford it. And so I just tell them, okay, well, now we have two different groups. You can come and get access to the same tools. So, so I'm blessed to be able to offer these tools, and I'm, I'm blessed for being able to participate in this show. And that's my offering for today. Fabulous. Did you uh, did you do a workshop on Sunday in Rockford? No, I just did the service talk. Ah, cool. And is it available on uh, your website? Yes, it's it's there on my website now from May 1st, 2016, Rockford Unity at ch the number four cs dot com and then you click on the word that says media and then click on audio and it's right there near the top. Fabulous. Fabulous. All right. Well let's check with Jeannie and see if we've any, got anybody with a hand up in the phone queue or anything happening in the chat room. Jeannie? Yes, actually, Rex is back with us. He had a question at the end of uh, the show yesterday, and we had run out of time. So, Rex, welcome back. Hi, friends. Great. Welcome, sir. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, I only have about 10 minutes. I don't think I'll take that long on my part, but I uh, uh, wanted to share, uh, along with everything else, Ari had sent me a message after he was on the program yesterday. It was really a nice um, note. Uh, just appreciating me and our community and what we represent and the support and the love that we offer and that he has personally garnished tremendous benefit from. So I wanted to extend that to everyone because that's for all of us um, and how he is doing much better and and uh, having, you know, pulling some things together for him. I, I was one thing I wanted to mention. And the other thing is I, I because we all, well, I, I figure almost all of us work with different and varying degrees and levels of pain and discomfort, physically, mentally, emotionally, in our bodies, and in our minds, and emotionally, and so forth. And I was having an experience, um, gosh, the days just kind of flow together. I think it's been a couple of days now. Um, where it was an emotional day, but I was staying pretty conscious through the process, and uh, but the day was one of those days that I just felt pain in my body, and it was a lot. And it was in different areas. It was in my knee. It was in my back. It was, you know, my shoulders. And my, I had a slight, quote, headache. I had it just, you know, and it, was, it wasn't the average day where I might feel a little discomfort or how it might feel when it's like exercising. It was actually, like, painful. And so I just was being with it, and I noticed that I had a little bit of emotion here and there. I did some, you know, forgiveness process around it, you know, some tapping and some breathing, and just really allowing, you know, working with allowing it to be there and being accepting this is a part of what's happening and asking the questions like, what am I working with? What am I learning? Is there a message here I'm missing? Is there something we need to know, Ruka, and so on and so forth. So I just went through the day, and then... um, it seemed to just stay pretty consistent. And then Mitzi and I went down and watched a movie, and the movie was um, about a father who was relatively abusive with his child and in a very abstract way. And it was, um, But it was, a, it was a trigger for me in, in that I felt a lot of sadness during the movie. So I was, during the movie, I was with tears streaming down my face and, Tapping and canceling goals and watching this movie, you know, it's like we're 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 unusual how we watch movies. <laughs> I didn't. I don't think that's the norm out there in the world. But anyways, I'm watching this and I have this experience of you know feeling relief and integration happening, and the movie ends and I get up to get out of the chair and I can hardly move. 
I am in, I mean, 10 level pain. My back's hurting so much. It's like, oh my gosh. And that story, Michael, that you talk about is so funny. And I love sharing it. It's just, you know, you feel great and then everything's going great and you go to sleep that night and then you wake up the next morning and you feel so horrible that you wonder if anybody got the license plate for the Mack truck that went to your bedroom that night, you know, the night before and the license plate. And and so that that's what it felt like, but this was just in the course of an hour and a half or so or a couple hours watching a movie and got up and I could hardly stand up. It was just painful and I barely could get up the steps. It was so dramatic. And I'm Sounds going, like a lot what? was stirred for you. Man, a lot, Michael. And, and that's why I wanted to share it on the program, too, because what came out of it, what happened was, and this is a lot of repetition, um, that when, especially when it comes on like that, it's like, excuse me, this must be material surfacing in me because how sitting in a chair... Did I injure my back, my neck, my arm, my hand, my foot <laughs> while watching the movie? All of the above, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so, when I what I did was I I was just doing my best to breathe with it. It was all encompassing. It was like I wasn't anywhere I could go to get away from it, which would have been the norm, you know, to try to. Well, no, it isn't the norm. It has been the norm in the past. Um, but I, I'm realizing, okay, I've got a lot up. This is an intense movie. Um, a lot was moving. So we went out, Mitch and I went out and did the hot tub. And we're sitting in the hot tub, and I just said, I, I really, it, I just had something happening. It's important for me to just be willing to open and feel what I'm feeling. And within seconds, I was aware of just dramatic, tremendous sense of sadness, deep, deep level sadness. And I just, I breathed and I said, okay, well, what do I want? I identified my goals. I had some goals. And then I realized the sadness appeared to be about my fathering of my two sons. And, you know, in my days when I wasn't, I didn't think I was doing as well as I could have. I was doing the best I could at the time because I was relatively unconscious. And it's, again, relative. But I, I was recognizing my judgments of myself and my sadness and feelings of regret and loss. And and so I just breathed into that and just started breathing and just let the sadness surface, shared a little bit with Mitzi. She was so beautiful. She was just holding the space of love. She didn't really say hardly anything, didn't need to. was just being with me and supporting me in my process. And I, I saw that. I identified some goals, canceled them. I did the tapping in conjunction with that as well. Um, and just... It just felt just movement. I mean, for lack of a better term, it just felt it just moved in me and just felt integration. And then I went to completion to a point where I felt neutral and peaceful and loving and love was fully reestablished again. I was really calm. And this was a course of about 15 to 25 minutes maybe. I don't know exactly how long it was. I got up, got out of the tub, and I had no discomfort in my body. I mean, almost none. I had just a little bit of an achy feeling in my knee. And that was such a dramatic shift for me. I just think it's really valuable for all of us because I know there's been years I have had discomfort where I had stayed in the discomfort physically, mentally, or emotionally, and, you know, it had, had different times when it came and went, but I had never had an experience that was so drastically contrasted where it just seemed to be gone. So I thought it was valuable to share, to reinforce the value of our willingness, the value of the repetition on doing the work, moment to moment or daily, and to reinforce this, all of us myself probably most importantly because I'm the one talking and I'm the one listening, you know, and, and hearing this communication very clearly that by doing the work on a regular basis, when I move into a place where I have a major challenge show up and I'm able to just stay attentive to it and be present, the tools start to 
show, they show their way through my mind. It just starts happening and my willingness allows it to be open and comes up and happens. And then, and then to see such a dramatic shift was actually that it would have fit really well in our conversation with yesterday with Miracle Monday, <laughs> even though we're talking about the Course of Miracles. Okay. It, so I just, that's really what I wanted to share. I, I, uh, I'm open to any questions or input or feedback or any thoughts that, actually from anyone about anything. Well, one of the thoughts that comes is I, I presume that one of the goals you dealt with was the goal to be the ideal or the perfect father. Correct. Yep. Good one. And did you think about perhaps extending that to uh, to your father, doing some worksheets around your dad and the desire as the child for him to be the ideal or perfect father? No, I didn't think about that. I didn't see. That, that, might be, that might be another piece that will open another level and or perhaps even putting yourself, breathing yourself into his skin and his shoes and maybe doing the same worksheets you did for yourself as a father, only doing it as him, as that's your good, father. Michael. Yep, yep that's just, You know, take, take the next level of the genetic component of it and shoo, flush it out. Maybe, yeah. you know, even imagining doing it for all the generations of fathers in your bloodline because I can bet that the aberrant stuff you did that you're, you know, you were concerned about yourself with that, that weren't perfect, uh, you probably didn't make that all up by yourself. You got some of it honestly and genetically and your father probably didn't and his father probably and, you know, who far, knows how far back those kinds of behaviors begin that become so energetically powerful that when they're triggered into activity, just take over behavior, you know, beyond all conscious awareness and just run the show. So, so it might just extend your work to another level to, uh, to touch into those areas. And of course, anyone who's dealing with similar circumstances, there are places that, uh, that we can go with that. Mm. Yeah, that's good. And I, I realized there is the sense and awareness that I was, I was most, certainly working with that generational piece, but I do acknowledge the importance and the value of moving it in, moving into it from a more conscious perspective and directly doing that. I've done some work around that with my dad and then through my dad, like you were just describing, but not in this um, current opening process, I'll say. I think it's really valuable. I've learned that because I think I might have already dealt with something, I can use that as a tool for denial. And having already dealt with something in my past, to me now means I did what I could do in the current experience and move through it to the level that I was capable of with my willingness and my vitality. And there may be a time and probably will be a time where I'll open up a, a, a more uh, more aware and deeper level piece. So that's what it means to me to, to – that's why when you say that to my dad – about my dad and say, well, try that, I, I close my eyes and just breathe into that. And it's like, yep, <laughs> great yeah. suggestion. Cool. So thank you. Cool. And, of course – you have a son who has a new newborn child just in the last few weeks. And uh, so some processing and some conversation about those behaviors that, of course, you were likely his power person in many cases, and maybe that still comes up for him. So opening a space to support him processing it so that, you know, 30 years down the road, he's not saying, oh, my God, what I did, I'm so, I was so unconscious, just, you know, supporting him and, being more conscious to the degree that he's open to that conversation. And I was uh, talking with a lady uh, yesterday morning and she's, uh, she had planned her, she's registered to come to laws of living. And she contacted me yesterday to see if there was space to bring her daughter to, uh, to the food fund forgiveness uh, and work project that we're doing this summer at Heartland. And she shared that 
She's been doing a lot of work around her generational issues and communicating some with her daughter. And her daughter has become involved in some other work, which I'm not familiar with. It's kind of touching into similar things. And so this lady's plan for the summer is to bring her daughter to Food Fund Forgiveness and Work and work on those generational issues. And then we've got you know, a, a nine-day why and a, a um, personal code evaluation training. In that time frame, she's got an aunt that lives uh, a couple of hundred miles from Heartland. So instead of going all the way home, she's going to drive up and spend time with her 80-year-old aunt and find out what she can find out about the families, use that space to stir more, to share what she's doing with her aunt, to open that space on another level. It's just like what a uh, what a gift we can give the generations both before us and behind us when we're open to moving the energies on those levels and freeing the generations from it. It's just uh, ah, like I want to cry with appreciation for just how sweet mm. it is to just watch that happening. And Well, it's, it's, it's yeah, liquid love. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it seems like to me, too. It's just the heart opening and acknowledgement and appreciation, gratitude for me. And that's what happens, you know, also. Um, I apologize. I'm not to cut it short. I've got a, I just got my memo from my meeting I've got here um, doing our work with the worker group and our um, tax-exempt foundation that's being developed. So we're having a business meeting. So I appreciate everyone and thank you for giving me the opportunity to share again. I, I, I trust it was helpful for everyone. Okay. Say hello to everybody for us. And I'm going to go on and invite Dr. Tim to make any comments to share. So if you want to go back and, uh, and check it, he might have some other uh, input around yeah. uh, that conversation. Cool. Bye. I welcome that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, Tim, any thoughts for you on that conversation, those generational issues, and just the ability to me to, uh, to, to begin to comprehend, to scratch the surface of comprehension of, of how empowered we can become with the tools in, in changing the generations. You know, it's just uh, it's amazing. Well, I think the, the thing that gets resonated for me is that we get all of the stuff. We get the good, we get the neutral, we get the horrible, we get the violent tendencies, the loving tendencies, the intelligence tendencies, we get it all. And so my invitation to myself on a regular basis is to remove whatever resists or resistance comes up in me about being like my mother or my father or my great-grandfather, etc., so that I can clear out the resistance and I can be in the flow and I can have access to all of it, all the good stuff as well. And Yay. it's one of the it's one of the benefits of doing um, you know that grieving process that's on my website and and really working through cataloging all the memories and detaching any of the negative emotions or resistance with any of them and, and crying the tears, et cetera, because then all those memories are available for ready access in the library of my mind. And there's a lot of wonderful stuff in my genetic code. You know, you, you talk about how my genetic code and everybody else's is full of all of these insanities. It's also full of all of this genius and all of this loving energy. And, and if Absolutely. I can be, if I can be in that willing, observing state, if I can be in the accepting mode, you know, like the way of mastery says, you know, intention, allowance, surrender, and humility, um, the desire to be connected to it all and, and, and being in allowance and surrender with full intention, this gives me access to this other thing you're talking about, this human life and all of the creative energy force that's contained in that. Whereas if I begin to resist and shut down and feel the negative emotions and then push them away because they're uncomfortable, I shut out an equal measure of the good stuff. So that would be my input. Awesome.
good. Uh, maybe for those who might be new to the show who haven't before heard you talk about the workshop that you do uh, that's on your website that people can access, maybe you could just say a few words about that process of uh, you know, letting go of, of people yeah, without letting go of good memories. Yeah, saying goodbye to good people without saying goodbye to good memories. There's a, a process that a friend of mine introduced me to in grad school that just came from being in life. It didn't come from a book or a theory. And it's available in a two-hour workshop on my website for free. It's www.c as in cat, h as in hat, the number four, c as in cat, s as in sam.com. And if you click on the word that says media and then click on the link that says audio, it's available. And it's titled Saying Goodbye to Good People Without Saying Goodbye to Good Memories. And it's one of the most powerful, useful tools that I've learned in life. And it helps me step through dismantling all of my beliefs about how when somebody leaves, I need to be sad, I need to be angry, I need to feel lonely, and catalog the memories in the relationship and prove to myself that the negative emotional states that I might have attached to them or to the thought that this person's left my life or the relationship has changed, they don't have to interfere with me having loving vibrant access to all of those memories and experiences and it's um it's a phenomenal process when i first went through it it was life-changing and it's one of the best things i've taught in the last 35 years of living life and doing therapy awesome well thanks for making available on your website that's fabulous Let's check with Jeannie and see if there's anything happening in the chat room or anybody in the phone queue with a hand up. Sweetie? We do have two hands up. And the first one's area code 336. You're on the air. Hi, it's Tracy, North Carolina. Well, hey, young lady. How are you? Well, I'm overwhelmed. I have to say that I've been listening and listening and listening, and what I'm painfully clear about is that I'm, resisting dealing with the what-so, and the, the hmm. what-so is that you. my vision is such that I cannot drive, and so I'm feeling trapped in the house, and I keep thinking, you know, that every day I'm healing and getting better, and, and you know, today it's actually, I can see worse, and so I, I find my mind constantly evaluating my vision, and I've had, you know, this horrible resistance to Western medicine my whole life and resisted everything about everything and then got in an absolute panic where this autoimmune disease sort of took over and then it was like surgeries and surgeries and surgeries, you know, reacting to um, what the doctors were saying, this is what you need to do now. And so now where I am is dealing with all these worksheets and all this stuff that comes up and it feels like this overwhelming thing that I can't get my head around by myself and I don't have a support system. And when I've listened to the lady that got overwhelmed and like, oh, the rivers of tears, it's like it'll it'll never stop. So I have so much grief about like my life feels, you know, lost and over and I'm constantly, um, you know, asking Ruka to um, help me be in a place that, I'm one with divine mind and I'm one with the Holy Spirit and there's no fear and lack and there's nowhere to get and I'm just, I am where I am and to have like the, to breathe peace into everything and yet I'll I'll have, you know, fear and hostility, fear and hostility come up and come up and come up and when I listen to Terry talk about his support group and his journey and I've listened to several other people, Dr. Tim, I think I need to figure out a way that I could plug into a group on the phone because I can't drive to Asheville and I can't drive to Illinois and and see if I could get supported with a group because I'm just floundering out here by myself and I, I find myself doing human doing a lot instead of human being, like doing stuff, um, you know, that I can do 
um, you know, in order to, um, I guess, have some sense of um, being independent versus uh, just constant. I mean, I can only do so many worksheets and cry so much before I'm, I'm like, this is my full-time job and I got to get well. And so if that's what it takes, it's what it takes. But then it's like, okay, I got to get up and empty the dishwasher and, you know, do laundry and cut the grass or whatever. And it's like, it just feels like overwhelming. You know, like, I'm God, when am I going to be able to? I hear you overwhelm and I breathe with you. And it sounds like what you're committed to is returning to perfect vision. Yes. And one of the big steps in opening the space for that possibility is going to be, would you be willing to cancel your goal to be able to see ever again? Yeah, that's what I told you. I was so terrified. Yeah. That's the one, that's the core that's going to open all that emotion that inhibits the presence of being, staying in awareness because there's so much pain in that. <laughs> and and that's, go for it. Just breathe into it and feel that. And that's going to be your 77 times 70 worksheet issue. And I suppose, I, su- I can only suspect, you know, my projection in that situation would be that it would be terror that would come up. Yeah, in a word. <sighs> so would you be willing to cancel the goal to ever be able to see well again and invite Roke into the space of moving all that emotion and all that pain? Yes. Yeah. So let's do that together. I I cancel the goal to be able to see again, to have perfect vision restored. might also be a part of you that's going to need, and this is just a wild guess, perhaps is going to need to be willing to become a retired perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Control Freak 101. Mm. <laughs> wow, this is why you're not going to control I have a hard it? time letting go of all of that. And it's the holding on that creates the pain. Yeah. So how do you know, I say it? Is, then? Go ahead. I let go of my need to hold on to everything and be perfectionistic and control my environment. <sighs> And all the outcomes in my life. <laughs> I let go. I let go. I let go. <laughs> have you seen the movie Frozen? No, I have not. It's one of my granddaughter's favorite movies, and she was about three you know, when the movie first came out. And I guess she'd probably seen it a dozen times, and she's sitting in the back of the car. We're driving down the street, and all of a sudden, this three-year-old in the back seat just breaks out in full voice, Let it go! Let it go! <laughs> and, you know, sometimes bringing a little bit of humor into that space of 
opening to let the trauma process is a big piece of the puzzle. So if you could imagine the layers, and there are probably going to be many more layers coming up. Perhaps you have a favorite little one that you could imagine being in support of you and just breaking out full voice. You might just get on YouTube and or you know search on YouTube for the song, the key, the, the theme song from that movie, Let It Go, and just listen to it a couple of times. And if you have a favorite little one, maybe imagine him or her singing that to you as each layer of this letting go comes up. And the okay. sense I get is all the sense I get is almost like, you know, the um, the Indian, uh, you know, India Indian uh, goddess. I think I don't know what her name is, but she has many arms holding on, you know, right, in all directions. Right, right. So I get the sense of these many parts of you perhaps many arms holding on to all these things that you're supposed to control and be in charge of and and you're gonna have to let it all go yeah (laughs) and then you'll bring being into your body once you've let go of the noise the pain and the emotion that covers being then being will be available to you. And as that full presence of being comes into your physiology, I don't know, your vision may be totally restored, and it may not. But here's what I do know. If it's not, then you'll be guided as to why you're where you are and what really is next for you. You know, Helen Keller changed the world. You know, I have a really hard time being with that. Uh, yep, I hear you. And so, so notice where it's tightening and let it soften and let it open. so hard not to want to go back to all the other things that I used to be doing. Yep. And all of those are all those many arms and it's everyone holding on to come let you you know that the let the being come in and let all that go and you know, I don't know what that looks like. So there's fear that comes up immediately. Well if I'm not what I used to be And what am I? Yeah. Breathe. Breathe into that. Feel it. Feel it 100%. And and everybody in the audience is feeling it with you. Holding the space. Have you, ever, have, you ever hold, have you ever held a newborn? Yes. It's if amazing. you went back to the moment, yeah. Huh? Go back and tap into the energy of that newborn. Yeah. Just for a minute, let yourself, as you breathe and let this other energy move, just tap into the energy of that newborn. Yeah. That's who you'll be. That's who you'll be. When you let all this go, that's who you'll be. (laughs) And, And again, I don't know. That energy comes in, and it may rewire your eyes totally, and that'll be that. I don't know. And it may not. And if it doesn't, it will teach you what your life is really about on the next level. Here's what, you know, what I believe and want to believe is that it will because if you believe it, it happens. Like, there's something to me that's about that whole concept of Jesus saying, make the mountain move and and it'll move and you can do it too. And I'm, you know, not dead. It's forever. 
like I have it like it's true. And if I do the work, then it happens. I absolutely hold the space for that. I join you. I I hold the space and stand here where I am in Florida, reaching to you energetically and as powerfully as I can, strengthening and identifying with and resonating with that newbornness in you that is the pure presence of love and pulling that into your physiology through the optic nerve, through the eye, through the brain, through the connections and restoring everything. Yes. And at the same time, at this, yeah, and at the same time, the oxymoron of it all is in canceling the need for any of that. Right, right. Like I am not my body. I absolutely believe that I'm. I'm pure spirit. I'm not the skin bag with a name, you know, that happened to be born into this thing. I'm before that, and I will be after this. And when the body drops off. Well, I'm here on earth, I want, you know, my vision restored. And I, I just have that absolute belief that miracles are not a yesterday thing. They happen every day. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. You got my support for it. And and I love the, the idea of the spraying love thing, and that's what I was thinking about, about when you were saying that yesterday or the day before. I thought, you know, I need that. I don't have a, I have done, I've been horribly remiss to create love in my life and to have a group of, you know, just to be supported in general without the the conversation of forgiveness and spraying love. And, you know, aside from that, I just didn't create a community. I was all working and moving and doing what I was doing. And I take full responsibility for having that be missing. Like I just didn't do it. And didn't see the missing, didn't recognize like a fish that swims in water and doesn't know he's in the water until he flops out on land. Yeah, that was me. Now I'm flopping around on land going, what the hell? I didn't create, you know, a a support system in my life. And and notice that, notice your language, I I didn't see. Yeah, hello. Right, exactly. And so now, by having your sight, compromised you're starting to see something much more important right yeah (sighs) yeah that's the kind of breath that moves the energy (sighs) and I also commit that I've got to start doing the worksheets about the body image because when he talked about that I was like oh my god a lot of this is all wrapped up in that horrible perfectionistic illness of Really, just having the kind of body dysmorphic disorder that causes you to have, or caused me to have self-loathing, and you know, like I had to be a certain look a certain way. Yeah. So there's so there's the next another big piece of your work you just told yourself about is you need to be about forgiving that self-loathing. That you really, and that's probably going to be one of your 77 times 70 worksheet issues. Yeah. Because here's what I know if that mind energy can come to awareness, it's stored somewhere in carbon based memory in your cellular structure. If it's stored in your eyes, then that's what it's going to be deteriorating. The person who has that kind of energy stored in their heart, they say they had a heart attack. The person who has that kind of energy stored in their lungs, they say, oh, they've got lung disease. The person who's got it stored wherever it's stored. And so that may be an important key to removing. Remember the word forgive is removal, to removing that self-loathing energy. And notice how much, you know, just listening to your speech, how much your conversation is about you had to look right Your eyes had to see something that pleased you. Yeah, I picked up on that. I did. Yeah. 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 I caught that as well. It's an awareness that I hadn't. 
seen. Hello. Till right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so just soften your throat. Notice all of the fantasies we can make up about ourselves. Out of the messages that come from a power person that disapproved of themselves and therefore disapproved of us. Yeah, little innocent children. It seems unconscionable. But, here's but I know thing. my mother couldn't help it. She just repeated what happened to her. And I got that from what you were saying about doing, or maybe I don't know who was saying, anyway, about doing the worksheets on the being my mom and, how, you know, what was that like and how did, you right. know, her, I can't, I don't know how to say it. Um, I got you. I got you. Yeah. More important to breathe. I could really see how I wanted a different mom. And yeah. And notice that, like what mom learned from her mom, you've learned from your mom, and you're still doing it to you. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Every day I try to turn that thing off, and it's just really a challenge. You can't turn it off. Let go of the need to turn it off. You don't ever want to turn it off. As long as it's there, you want to be with it and be aware of it and keep bringing it to love. Keep bringing it to love. Keep bringing it to love. If you turn it off, you hide it, and when you hide it, you have to press energy into it, and it gives it more power, whatever you hide. So let's walk so turn it that. on. So turn it on and be with it. Every self-loathing thought, every message you got from your power person is another worksheet, another piece of work to freeing yourself or letting yourself being in, to be, let yourself be in touch with those judgments and those energies Embrace them fully, directly, and keep bringing forward the presence of love to dissolve them. So what, can you help me with what the goal would be in something like that? Well, you know, in terms of self, it would be canceling the goal to be pretty, to be beautiful, to be attractive, uh, to have friends to be approved of because I look good. A a thousand variations on a theme might be what that's about. And with my mother, with respect to the self, like if if I have the thought and I recognize that's an old tape playing, that's her voice, not my voice, and I need to go do the worksheet and I'm, I'm writing down, you know, self-loathing is coming up and I'm making myself wrong because, you know, I didn't blah, 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 blah. There's the, the, now, the goal now there's what is, you need to identify is the goal. What's the blah, blah, I didn't blah, 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 blah. That's the goal that you want to identify. And the more price, pre- precisely you identify that goal when that goal was what you wanted your mom to be doing, and the more precisely you identify that goal when it's what you wanted to be doing for yourself, and canceling that goal collapses the end result projection of that energy and allows you to drop into that hidden part of the mind. You know, psychology pretty much has it established that 90 to 95% of our mental processes are unconscious. Here's how you make the unconscious conscious. You look at the goal that's driving the unconscious message that ends up showing us just the tip of the iceberg, self-loathing. When I cancel the goal, let's say in this case to be beautiful, I I truly just I cancel the goal to be beautiful, then you get to drop into the part of the mind. When you cancel the the thing that drives the surface mind to show you the self-loathing part, as that collapses, it collapses in on itself and takes you to the root energy, 
which may go back to a message that you got from mom and it may go back to a message that mom got from her mom or who knows how many generations ago. Mm-hmm. We, we had a gal at Heartland last summer. We're down to the last minute, so I'm just going to talk it out to the end of the show. We'll, we'll let go of the outro. But we had a gal at Heartland last summer, and she got in touch with her. She was just feeling like sexual abuse energy, and she'd never been abused. And as she's doing the work, she said, well, you know, ask where it comes from. Ask where it could show you. And all of a sudden, a picture of her grandmother who had passed away when she was about four years of age came to mind and just totally explained how her whole life, her husband, this girl's grandfather had sexually abused her. I mean, she's got a full-blown explanation when she was able to just let herself embrace that and be with that. So then yourself embrace and be with everything that's there, nothing shut off, all opening, all moving, all freeing up, coming to awareness of presence belong there will dissolve in the presence of love and you'll be freed of it. And our time is up, so we'll just say we hold you in a blessing. Call us tomorrow. Blessings. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.